You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts, on Netroots Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for March 4th, 2022. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where if we had any Russian assets, you could be damn sure we'd seize them. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Not even a bottle of vodka. We don't yeah. have any. Although Delic- we found out Smirnoff is made in Illinois. It's not Russian vodka. It's no. Illinois vodka. Well, I tried so. to seize several bottles of Russian vodka from Binnie's, and they just they told me to put them back. So, <laughs> sir, sir, this is not sir, no. Sir, this is a Binnie's. <laughs> no, this is not an organized boycott, sir. This is just theft. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm seizing them for America. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I can't believe it's March already. Can you believe it's March already? No. It came in like a Soviet tank or Russian it tank. It did. True it came shit. in hot. Literally hot. It was 70 degrees yesterday here. I know. And it's I dropped know. down to a more seasonal yes. 40-ish. We had a lovely uh, coffee date with two we listeners did. this we past did. week. Uh, thank you very much to Alice and Jim. We appreciate you coming mm-hmm. down and seeing us and having coffee with us and your beautiful dog. And uh, yes. I'm still waiting for you to send us a picture of your dog so they can be Internet Pup of the Week. We can make it, We can make him famous or her famous. famous. Her. famous. She was a sweet dog. <clears throat> sweet, sweet uh, dog. Mm-hmm. And um, it's Lent. It uh, is. We went to Ash Wednesday service and then we went out for a beer afterwards. We That's did. That's not good. We did. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, it's it's nice to get out. We're starting to sense that uh, the COVID numbers here in Sangamon County, Illinois, are low, and the mm-hmm. hospitals are not taxed as much as they were several months ago. So, well, and we had things are easing up a little. I was at a civic organization board meeting this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, where he's a volunteer. I'm a volunteer. I'll be going to a different meeting tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're busy. I know. Also that. volunteer. Yeah. But um, two or three of the people there had had COVID. Oh my goodness! Out of we, we barely made quorum. Um, one person who was like, I had a sniffle and I was fine. Another person was like, I just couldn't shake it, but goddamn, I'm glad I'm triply vaxxed because yeah, yeah. And they were just like, yeah. Everyone there was like, man, I have all the comorbidities, and yeah, I am yeah. or or used to in some cases. Yeah. And very, very, very glad that I got all the vaccinations and all the boosters. Da, da, da. So there's a great consensus among this small group of people who are kind of a cross section. Well, and they're civic minded too, yeah. so they're going to look at it from a public health perspective too. Yeah, and yeah. they're business owners for the most part, and they want people to come in the door uh-huh. and not, and they can't afford to really be laid up, so they have right. to take every precaution. So right, right. No, no small. It's no surprise that they're you know real concerned about their ability to. Show up to work and have people uh, who work for them show up to work. So, I felt like the Ash Wednesday service was a lot less dour than it has been in the past. They had the youth people running the service. And also, um, there's just a sense, I think, that we've got more important things to pray about than our own shortcomings. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is about Ukraine and uh, nothing like a land war in Europe to put things in perspective in terms of, uh, you know, not, not being overly depressed about your own personal thing going on. There's a big war going on right now, and that's what 
we need to focus on. Plus, they give you um, a lovely parting gift. They give you a pretzel. They give you a pretzel, so, yeah. a cold pretzel this cold year. Pretzel. I don't know no. what happened to the no. stove. But anyway, uh, Middle Age Riot on Twitter, who I love, um, said in classic fashion, Republicans can't decide if A, Putin is a hero we should support, or B, Putin is a villain Trump would have stopped. And yeah. I don't think Trump can figure that out either. No. It's, it's, you know, it's, this is one of those occasions. And you showed me a, a little video clip of a woman who said, well, of course, if Nancy Pelosi is in favor of it, we got to be against it. Oh, she's a piece of work. Delora O'Brien. I went yeah. and looked her up for the podcast. She said, if Pelosi and all these people are for Ukraine, duh, you go opposite. Right. <laughs> That's just common sense. Well, and we refer to um, our fellow Republican citizens in this country as reprogrammable meatheads mm -hmm. or meatbags, mm -hmm. whichever you find more offensive, I prefer you use. And the reprogrammable part, I, I've never been kidding about that. I no. mean, I've, I've been absolutely serious. These people are just fucking, in this regard, completely reprogrammable. And this last week and a half, you could actually see it happening in real time. Right, right. As their software was being overwritten by the new downloads, by the new yep. updates. Yep. And, yep. you know, you you suddenly can't be, you know, Tucker Carlson did it in like four days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely reversed himself and swore he never held I don't any... know why people are saying I'm pro-Putin. Well, of <laughs> because of this videotape. For three right years here. you've been pro-Putin. Yes. Well, and this, what, this thing from a week ago. Yeah. And... It's even you can watch it happen. You can watch the the uh, Oceana news service. You can watch the propaganda just flip all the dip switches in their heads and change all the programming to 180 degrees from what it was. And we've never been at war with East Asia. We've always been at war with Eurasia. And that's why I say it is pointless to try to debate anyone who who does that. Yeah. Because they simply don't recall ever believing anything else, and they, and next time they will not recall what they believe today. And well, and and this woman, Delora O'Brien, who was the clip was was found by Right Wing Watch. You know, she's mm -hmm. a part of a ministry called the Gathering. Yeah, and a, you know, you can just see from a cursory glance at her Facebook page that she considers every Old Testament prophet to be. A white guy like Donald Trump who sure, might like be that. flawed, but sure. God uses him to blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Okay. And what I find fascinating about her and the other right-wing evangelicals is that they're doing exactly what John Eastman, who is the Trump lawyer, who's now in quite a bit of hot water as his emails come out, mm -hmm. where he has clearly told one of Pence's aides that it's perfectly okay. <laughs> To do a little light treason. Sure, you know? a little, little bit of treason. One, <laughs> it's like I said, one bullet. What's one bullet? Come on. Well, it is. It's it's <clears throat> the whole constitution's being shredded and you worrying about this one little law about oh. counting electoral votes. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. And and the Trump uh, aide, his responses and emails are there, you know, while he's under attack, while the insurrection is going on, um, pointing out that Everything John Eastman is saying won't hold up in court. Like, right. you're a lawyer, I'm a lawyer. You know that if you take any of this academic bullshit, as he calls it, to court, mm -hmm. you're going to be tossed out. Right. And it's one thing to be an academic positing some, oh, maybe if this happened, you'd be able to twist things. And the way the Mike Pence aide put it was results-oriented. And uh -huh. that's exactly what these evangelicals are. 
it has to support the white supremacist, Christo-fascist worldview. Sure. And they will twist the Bible. They will twist politics. They will twist the news. They will twist what what Tucker Carlson said yesterday into something completely different today because the results orient that they want is a win for their worldview. Sure. Um, and when that happens with John Eastman, the president's attorney, mm-hmm. putting all kinds of poison into the mind, the demented mind of the currently at that time, most powerful person on earth, because he has the office of the presidency and he has the attorney general's office, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you get into some really dangerous shit for democracy. Yeah. Well, and that that's the, the, the blinking red light. I, I'm mm-hmm. going to detour just for a second. If you don't sure. Mind. I um, listened to uh, Loud Crazy Joe Walsh this week uh, interview an actual cask strength anarchist named <laughs> named Mike Malice, who happens to have 350,000 followers on Twitter and has a book and has, you know, has because what Joe Walsh really wants to be is back on television. He wants yeah. to be back with a radio contract and he doesn't really care much how he goes about doing it. So he just grabs anything that comes by. So we could go. It sounds had, like, like he's doing the, the Jerry Springer shtick yeah, from he, time to time. Exactly. Right? You know, he had, you know, Ilya Mastalhon last week or week Yeah, before. right. And he's got a, a, a stone cold lunatic. Yeah. Um, who's an anarchist. Who's like, like a nope, died in the wool anarchist. And it's that sort of unblinking, always wrong, but never in doubt mentality. <laughs> <laughs> that they completely share with evangelicals. Because for this this guy, not, I won't dwell on it uh, very much, but this guy had an answer for everything. And the answer was, well, all government's evil. All politics is evil because it leads to government. Government should be done with entirely, completely. There's no, there's no, of course, there was never any discussion of the mechanism by which people would say, seek justice or, or have fairness or retribution or property rights because that shit just doesn't enter into it it's freedom is the maximum value government is the enemy of freedom all government should be abolished and then you get into the details a little bit like you know saying that uh you know well well all presidents are murderers oh really uh, oh yeah yeah no all presidents are murderers like joe biden well name me one joe walsh asked name me one you know who did hillary clinton kill and this guy says without blinking oh uh vince foster she assassinated Vince Foster. Everyone knows that. Look at Clinton body count. And it's that kind of like, this is- <laughs> this is just clintonbodycount.com. You'll oh, yeah. find out all the answers you need for if you do your own research. Your own, right? And then from there, it's off to <laughs> Lyndon Johnson and the yeah. Vietnam War. Just one yeah. step. Well, all presidents kill millions of people. And why would you find it hard to believe that they just would kill one person when it's politically advantageous? Like, oh, this is how a lunatic thinks. Mm-hmm. I get it. This is how a crazy person thinks. And libertarians don't have the balls. To do what's necessary. They still want some government. And that, for that reason, they're pussies who don't want to do what's necessary. But it's this kind of, I have an answer to every question. I have an absolute certainty that I am right. Nothing's going to persuade me otherwise. And every question about, well, what happens if, you know, what happens when there are no laws? Well, people get people die now. Cop, so cops abuse matter. power now. Yeah. You know, robberies happen guy, now. Is, is this guy 16 years old? Uh, mentally, he's emotionally, he's like four, fourteen. Uh, yeah. But he's he's got that Ben Shapiro kind of crazy energy, and he's got an answer for every question. But it's that element of it. It's that always wrong, but never in doubt, yeah. never in doubt. Every I've worked out every little detail. 
You know, Vladimir Putin can't have made a mistake entering Ukraine because Vladimir Putin is smart. <laughs> smart people don't make mistakes. So it must be part of a conspiracy. So I don't really know what's happening in Ukraine. I can't tell you who's who's right or wrong. Okay, I we need spent more, more than enough time on this guy, but right. I, I get what you're saying that this is now with 300, all it is is if he has 300,000 followers, he deserves more attention is sure. the point, right? Well, and, and the point being there are pockets of people out there who vote, yeah, <laughs> who, who actually weigh in on the electoral process and having a two-minute conversation with them, you know, okay, they're fine. But you dig one inch below the surface and you find out, oh, there's this crazy evangelical lady who thinks mm -hmm. if, if Pelosi's for it, we have to be against it mm -hmm. automatically. Mm -hmm. That's just a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Whatever well, Democrats that's common believe, sense. It's common yes, sense. Right. And there's no arguing people like that out of their position. And the problem is there's about 70 million of them in various pockets like that, all yeah. strung together as one political party. And, so, and, and gerrymandered into places where they can hold real political right. power. Right. Yeah. yeah. So how to get through to these people? Well, you know, I took advice from the master this week, Blue Gal. <laughs> uh, a guy on HBO named Bill Maher. I think that's how you Dead pronounce it. Dead to me since Milo. May her... Ma or something like that. Yeah. Um, apparently, he he has an HBO program uh, that we don't watch, and and here is his advice for you and me. And see if you can spot all twenty two errors in this two sentence. <laughs> and finally, new rule: now that Trump's poll numbers are falling like a rock, Democrats must realize that the way to get his voters back is through graciousness. A rare opportunity has presented itself these days for America to return to the more normal time before we had Trump, because finally, there are signs the Trump fever is starting to break. Now, how fucked in the head is that? Let's count the ways, shall we? First of all, Bill Maher made an entire career out of mocking the same people that he suggests we be gracious to. Secondly, we tried being gracious to them. Mm -hmm. It was called the Obama administration. And that and their response to our attempts to bring them into the fold, to ask for their help, to ask for their cooperation was right across the board. The entire elected Republican Party told us to go fuck ourselves. They obstructed everything that the duly elected president tried to do. Because it's only common sense to do the opposite. got to do the opposite. Right. And then they nominated and elected Donald Trump. So third, there is no fever to break. I've been hearing right. this bullshit about the fever breaking for 25 Since years 1994. now. 1994. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not breaking. They're not breaking. They're not going anywhere. What they will do is they will find, you know, as you said, the, the coffee party, mm -hmm. the, the, the tinfoil hat party. They'll they'll mm -hmm. rebrand themselves so that they were never there. They never did it. It wasn't my fault. But they're going to be the same mouth-breathing, reprogrammable idiots who are controlled by some faction of the Republican Party, whether or not we're polite to them, whether or not we acknowledge them, whether or not we are gracious to them. And the, the idea that Bill Maher, who's made a career out of being a smarmy, contrarian asshole to anyone he doesn't like, saying that we should all be gracious now. It's just like he got a note from mm -hmm. somebody. Mm -hmm. um, because there is no, like I said, there is no fever to break. And the time before Trump was what led to Trump. The time before Trump was an eight-year racist primal scream mm -hmm. by all the people that he wants me to be gracious to now, who told me to go fuck myself in the biggest possible way by nominating and electing Donald Trump. So no. And first and lastly, getting those voters back, they were never ours to begin with. That's right. They're fascists. We don't want fascists on our team. We don't want racists on our team. We want them to go to the other side of the room so we can look at them and point at them and say, don't ever be like those people, kids, because those people are fucking terrible. 
we've got to outvote them. That's the yes, only do. solution. And it's not it's not that I want to kill anybody. I don't nope. want to see anybody die. Nope. I don't want to see anybody suffer nope. except, you know, spiritually for their <laughs> if they suffer spiritually and wake up as as uh, you know, Alice wrote me and was talking this podcast listener was talking about her family and that one of her family members had actually woken up that when Trump was elected, she went, oh, my God, I can't be a part of this. And now she's using Facebook to talk about climate change. And she's actually, you know, awakened. She has had an awakening of I am responsible for other people on this planet. Mm -hmm. And what I do makes a difference. So I'm not going to because Trump was just that was what did break the fever for her. So I think it is possible, but it's not possible from stuff that we do. No. If, if, if no. the Republican Party goes a bridge too far for one or two or a segment of people who just say, nope, I'm out, you know, mm -hmm. and that has happened. Uh, good for them. They're welcome into our party to well, work it out. But uh, And I told you, I was listening to a, a British podcast, a British pre-election, pre-2020 election podcast. Mm-hmm. And they had on a woman who's an who wrote a book on independence and undecideds. Oh yeah. And, and her conclusion was there are no independents. Yeah. I mean, there there are. There are a few of them, but 70, 80, 90 percent of them are they know who they're gonna vote for. Yeah. And they'll tell you. And they're privately, gonna vote by party. Vote that by was, party. That's they're, the important thing. They're yeah. just socially ashamed to be associated with that party. They don't want the mm -hmm. shit that comes with being a fascist, but they're gonna vote fascist every time. Or they want to say they're independent at work because again, right. they don't want to get into political exactly. fights. Or they want to be their... above it all. They, well, I'm right. independent. I'm, I'm I'm beholden to no one. Well, and, and they and, certainly and are. if I if I was trying to be a small town business person, yeah. I would definitely say I'm independent, I don't talk politics, because you can get yourself seriously hurt either financially mm -hmm. or in some other way, God forbid, by being on the wrong side. Yeah. So and, well, and, and she said, and undecideds are a different animal altogether. There there are maybe one percent, yeah, two percent, and that could be a rounding error. There could be actually <laughs> no undecideds out there, which I tend to believe. But yeah. it, it comports exactly with what you and I have said about independence for decades, which is mm -hmm. they don't exist. Right. They are a grand falloon. They are a mm -hmm. proud and meaningless association of people who want to call themselves something to be part of a group, but they and don't. When they walk into the polling place, they're not. But exactly. But they don't want to be, as you say, either associated with a political party or they don't want to engage in the political arguments that come with choosing a side. And yeah. yet, and yet, we are harangued every day by pundits and never Trumpers that we have to jettison our own base. <laughs> and go chasing yes. after these independents who are out there somewhere to make them feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And well, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that in a little while. Well, but right now, I want to hear that right now. We're talking talk about that right about now. Right now, yeah. Well, okay. This is what I'd like to know. It it it's what I call representational math. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Charlie Sykes and Michael Steele cackle about how looks like Joe Biden's finally coming back to the center where he belongs. <laughs> Thank God he's he's getting rid of these programs that nobody likes. Or maybe they're popular, but nobody cares about. And coming back to the center where he belongs. And he said defund the police. He said it twice. Isn't that great? And sure, that's fine. That's politics. That's what that is. But here's what I can never get an answer to. That for Democrats, according to the pundit class, according to never Trumpers, according to the mainstream media, if and I've said this before, if one congressperson says defund the police, that's now the entire Democratic Party. The whole party. 
The entire Democratic Party is now defunding the police. They want to defund the police. Joe Biden wants to defund the police. It's part of their platform. It's just a thing that they want to do. One congressperson says this. Mm -hmm. Flip it around. Two Republican congresspeople say January 6th was an attack on the U.S. Capitol and should be investigated. The rest of the Republican Party cast them out. Mm -hmm. Is that the are these two the entire Republican Party? No. When Marjorie Taylor Greene stands up and says stupid shit, is she the entire Republican Party? Yeah, she is. But <laughs> it, it they do not the same people who bitch that the left is what's scaring everyone take no responsibility for the fact that the right really is crazy and really does run the Republican Party. So how is it? What is the mechanism by which Every Democrat has to apologize for what one person says, and no Republican is held responsible for what most of the party believes. Okay. Well, you're leaving out one very important component to all of that. Does it involves Fox that one, News? It involves race. Well, yeah. Yeah. And the one person saying defund the police is a black woman. Yes. And so it's perfectly okay for Joe Biden to smack her. I mean, basically- In the State uh, of the Union. In, in the, the State, State of the, of the Union. Union address, huh? say, we're, you're an issue, the issue that you care about, mm -hmm. the way you are talking to your constituency, we are abandoning that. That's right. Because we need to win a midterm. No, we and, need to win independence. No, right. Well, we need, we're need. we terrified that if we're labeled as the defund the police department, we're going to, you know, the defund the police party, mm -hmm. we're going to lose. The We're going to lose suburban right. white moms. And, and the question, that's what we can't afford to do. And the question becomes, mm -hmm. labeled by whom? How does that work? How does it go from being one person's opinion? Well, you to know how it works. It works on Morning Joe. It works with Chuck Todd. It works as local news stations owned by Sinclair declare it. It works in debates where, oh, you just want to defund the police. And, and it works on, on the stump as Republican mm -hmm. candidates run all over the place and run ads saying my opponent is anti-law enforcement. So this is exactly the conversation I wanted to have. Well, and well, I want everyone, I am i don't want to speak for black women or black voters. No. I'm a white lady. Right. And I, but I do recommend reading Ellie Mastel's Twitter stream from during the State of the Union. Uh-huh. Because he was disappointed and angry. Yeah, and and I well don't blame him. No. I don't blame him. I, <clears throat> you and I are going to talk about how it was a great speech and it sounded he sounded like a goddamn Democrat, but it was also a sister soldier moment as far as he was going to take it. Yep. And that it part was. about defund the police was was it. And and goddamn, of course, Charlie Sykes is happy with it. And, so and I'm, I'm happy with a lot of it too. I, and Michael I think Steele. there were yeah. And Michael Steele. I mean, I think he I think Joe Biden took a lot of time and energy to knock down Fox News talking points. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that. I think uh, he knows that winning the midterms is the only way to move toward more more justice for all Americans. Mm -hmm. If we don't win the midterms, we're going to have two years of I mean. Jim Jordan has promised us three investigations from his committee. Oh, he's yeah. Gonna, no, Hunter it'll, it'll, Biden and F Fauci. And, you know, he's going to do. Hillary. He's, he's ready. He's Hillary he's gonna, and line up Hillary. Mm -hmm. We have to we have to do it. Um, he's promised that. Mm -hmm. So uh, winning the midterms means uh, making Joe Biden's position the safe, comfortable position 
for some borderline racist white women in the suburbs. Well, now, now, now that's exactly what and I wanted. And depending to... on black women and black people to, to suffer it. it to be so now, as the Bible says, mm-hmm. and and as they have done since 1964. Yeah, well, as they've done <laughs> and since before that, and you know, well, yeah. well, since we can go back to 16, you know, whatever. 1619 is where we should go back yeah, to, Blue that's Gal. that's right. I know. Uh, forever. But, They've been but, waiting forever, right? But here's here's my question. Mm-hmm. You and I know that that socialist, 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 uh, Barack Obama is a Kenyan, works on the Republicans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's just never going to change. So you can plug in any slogan you want from any Democrat, make it up, pull it out of context, cherry pick it from one person. It's always going to work. Mm-hmm. Those 70 million people are just gone. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other majority because every every uh, what was the last time a Democrat? I think George Bush was the last Republican who won an actual voting majority. The majority of this country is Democratic mm-hmm. members of the Democratic Party, and yet there is this continued fantasy on the part of Michael Steele and Charlie Sykes and all the people you just named that there is some group out there that we know does not actually exist that need to be appeased by slapping your own base around. Mm-hmm. Because you, we need those 42 votes in that district and we need 1,000 over here. Yeah, basically 20,000 votes here or there. That's what, the, mm-hmm. that's what the election comes down to. Who are the 20,000 people who can be persuaded to vote for fascists because of a slogan they overheard on Facebook? White how women they, in the suburbs. How do they come to, how do they come to believe that? Who, who, will, who are like right on the fence on fascism? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I'm not sure. I well, mean, yeah, you, don't, sure. you don't call it fascism. You call it CRT. You call right. it our kids. Right. Our but kids these are, are being taught to hate themselves. But these are people who lived through four years of Donald Trump. Presumably, no, if they don't. They don't. They don't remember what they had for breakfast yesterday. These are these are the independent swing voters we're talking about now, right? Well, I think I think we're talking. I don't t- think we're talking about swinging in the polling place from one vote to another. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about swinging into the polling place or not. Going to the and, polls or staying right. home, and so you're gotcha. you're going to go to the polling place and vote for Yunkin, Glenn Yunkin, because if you're mad enough to keep the kids safe, to keep the kids safe from feeling bad about being white. And so, what the calculation is, mm-hmm. this is what we are being asked to accept as necessary, mm-hmm. is that to appease a few thousand people in a few states. The vast majority of Democrats just have to accept the fact that they're going to have to sit down and shut up. Well, that's and if you're asking them to sit down, that means you're asking them not to show up to vote. Well, I think that's, that's what, what I terrifies want to, that, me. That's yeah. that's exactly the point I want to make, which is the, the entire mindset of the never Trumpers is, look, you need us to win. There's only four of us. But if you don't have all four of us, you're not going to win. So, yeah, we need your four, maybe. And these 70 million other people who are going to show up to the polls mm-hmm. on most elections. Mm-hmm. But if we spend all of our energy appeasing you four assholes who are basically just fucking Republicans who just want Joe Biden to be Mitt Romney, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. many of those 70 million people are going to stay home? Why are we sacrificing the base, the people who actually get people elected, for a handful of assholes who cannot make up their mind between fascism and not fascism. Well, because I think there's an assumption that the Democratic Party base is activist and will show up no matter what. So, so what you're telling me- that's a false claim. I I don't trust that. So what you're telling me, uh, Charlie Sykes, (laughs) is that Democrats on average care more about democracy than Republicans do. Yes. Because 
And Democrats will do it regardless of 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 circumstances. Mm-hmm. But you need a cookie and a hand job and a pat on the head to save your country by going to the voting booth and voting for someone that you don't agree with. Let me read you a quote from The Economist magazine. This woman was in a focus group that was was arranged by a conservative, but she's a Biden voter. This particular voter is a Biden voter, and uh-huh. she said she'd vote for Biden again in 2024 if he runs. Right. So that's who she is. And here is what she said to the focus group. I don't exactly know what powers Biden has, but I think he should be doing more. Mm-hmm. Now, you can guess what color that woman is. <laughs> yep, I sure can. Green uh, lantern colored, yeah. Right. No, you know, this is the thing. There's, there's, and, and the point of this article is, I think, or at least from the headline of it, um, the lower half of it was behind a paywall. So I didn't get to see <laughs> that. Um, was that for Democratic presidents, the bar is just extraordinarily high all the time, mm-hmm. and you're doomed to fail at what your voters expect your aspirations to be and what you can achieve. Right. Right. We want so, Biden to be FDR and he can't because he doesn't have it 60, 80 right. plus majority in, right. in both houses. And he, yeah. and he never will. He never he will. He never will right. have 60 senators because of the way, you know, the great the sort is. of Republicans right. into red states. Yeah. Right. Um, Although Texas is pretty exciting. <laughs> I got to say, the uh, Texas primaries this week were pretty exciting for progressives. They did very well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how things pan out. All of these protests that are going on for Don't Say Gay and the students that just shouted down an anti-trans person in Texas um, with fuck you fascists <laughs> in class um, and and walkouts at schools in Florida over the don't Mm -hmm. say gay bill and Mm -hmm. going to the governor and saying, nope, I'm not taking off my mask for you. Death Santis. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping that youngest child who turned 18 this past weekend Mm -hmm. uh, and her generation, uh, there are 4 million of them turning 18 this year. That's uh, cause for hope. If we can get them registered and out to out the door to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think things like don't say gay and this anti-trans stuff is very personal to them. It's certainly very personal to youngest child who has a trans friend. She has gay friends and she will not tolerate no. discrimination against her friends. Mm-hmm. It's personal. And if you want um, junior dude to vote, just put pot on the ballot. And he'll be there. Well, he's going to vote anyway. Yes, he will. He's been I'm voting since since the day he could. He was eligible. It's a passion he, of his. He but. got grandfathered into the uh, primary because he he did he, he did because turned he turned eighteen before he was uh, before the general election. He turned eighteen, so he was able to vote in the primary as, at seventeen. Yeah. yeah. So, so now tell me about Mitch McConnell and Rick Scott, <laughs> our two uh, two leading Rick candidates. Rick Scott for- got taken to the woodshed by Mitch McConnell, and I. I wrote about Rick Scott and how, what an idiot plan writing down, you know, we talked about this last week, raising middle class taxes because everybody needs to have skin in the game. And if you're right. being, if you're paying income taxes, federal income taxes, you'll want cuts in government spending, which is also part of our plan mm-hmm. is to cut federal spending. What I didn't know until Mitch McConnell said it, was that Rick Scott's written plan also includes sunsetting funding for Social Security and Medicare. Sure. Why wouldn't we? 
And so Mitch McConnell said, sunsetting Social Security and Medicare is is not part of the Republican Senate reelection plan. But you just said it was in Rick Scott's plan. And I'm pretty well versed in these things. And I had not heard that until Mitch McConnell reminded us that he's mad at Rick Scott for yeah. saying it out loud and writing I, it down. I, I don't know who Rick Scott is. I, <laughs> I am unfamiliar with the gentleman to whom you refer. Let's talk about CRT a lot more. <laughs> Let's talk all... about resisting the Biden agenda. The what, Biden $35 social insulin, agenda. you're going to resist that? Did you know 174 Republicans voted against helping veterans who are victims of burn pits? Yeah, yeah. John Today, Stewart. John Stewart brought that to my attention, right? Yeah. 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 And today was the vote, and 174 Republicans vote. Nah, I don't want to help that. But you know what? It's but just you know common what? sense. If Pelosi's for it, I'm against it. But if we just treat them with graciousness, honey, we can get those voters back. <laughs> we can get those. I don't Republicans want them. Back. They're like the 18-year-old fruitcake that's been floating through the mail for 18 consecutive Christmases. <laughs> I don't want it at my house. I want it in the I want it in the burn pit. I want it in the political burn pit. I want political them to go away. Yes. Um, now, speaking of sunsetting, Social Security and Medicare, uh, I promised our, our listeners uh, on Twitter, no, I didn't really, um, that this week I would talk about one of Robert Heinlein's stupidest ideas. Okay. Um, Robert Heinlein was a science fiction writer, golden age of science fiction. He has a, uh, an extensive backstory. He was basically, he and two or three other men kept the uh, genre afloat for decades. Um, he wrote under, I don't know how many different pseudonyms uh for one magazine so that half the stories in there were his uh he's uh annapolis graduate i believe got kicked out of the navy due to a lung problem didn't know how he was going to make money um started writing stories because he heard about a contest and the rest is history and he, he made a lot of money and a lot of fame and uh did a lot of interesting things in his life he, i believe he started the national rare blood club oh which yeah is a, a volunteer organization that eventually saved his own life uh, he was a big advocate for NASA and all the things that the good things that NASA does. Um, but he liked to play around with ideas. And he talked about ideas about marriage and family structure and government and religion. And a lot of the ideas that he fiddled around with uh, are, were interesting and had some merit. Um, for example, in the uh, an essay entitled The Happy Days Ahead, he posits a future where a black woman president has torn down the wall between the United States and Mexico because it was a stupid idea. And she is presiding over the ribbon cutting of a new spaceport in that area, which is a delightful possible future. He didn't think that would happen. He had a very grim view of the future, but he thought, wouldn't it be nice if that were true? If, if mm -hmm. the official language across the border was Spanglish and that nobody was you know, pissing on about immigration and illegal immigration, we just accept the fact there's this giant border when you just sort of cooperate with each other. Cool. On the other hand, Robert Heinlein had some terrible ideas, genuinely terrible ideas. And among the worst that came to me this week was from The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, uh, which is a story about the newly independent lunar colony or a lunar colony that's fighting for its independence against Earth and using weapons and uh, an intelligent computer and a bunch of shit. And they're sitting down to draft their constitution. And here's one idea that he floats in the story through the mouth of a, a character named Professor Bernardo de la Paz. And Professor de la Paz says, I note one proposal that makes this Congress a two-house body excellent. The more impediments to legislation, the better. But instead of following tradition, I suggest one house of legislators, another house whose single duty is to repeal laws. Mm -hmm. 
let the legislators pass laws only with a two-thirds majority, while the repealers who are able to cancel any law through a mere one-third minority. Um, he's not sneaky about it. Robert Heinlein is very clear about it. The idea of putting this supermajority requirement to passing legislation and a supermajority able to repeal everything uh, into a character whose political beliefs are to the right of Ayn Rand. Uh, he calls himself a rational anarchist, speaking of anarchy. And he's he can get along with a Randite, but uh, he's he, he believes in no government at all. Um, and that's one of the stupidest ideas I've ever heard. Uh, in Robert Heinlein's novels, there's basically oftentimes three characters. There's what they call the three-stage Heinlein character. There's the young man who is naive and good-hearted. There's the middle-aged man who's seen the world and knows a lot of stuff and is the mentor to the younger man. And there's the old wise man who's bitter and cynical and thinks the world sucks and has shut himself out from the rest of the world through his wealth and who mentors the first two. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea of, you know, we just should get rid of a lot of laws. <laughs> we should just get rid of government as much as possible has been floating around on the right in fiction. And in, in, he references it directly. Ayn Rand literature, which informed a lot of this since the fifties, this is not a new idea. This whole idea that the government is the enemy. The government has to be stopped at any cost. And now we're actually living at a time where you can see what happens when a supermajority is required to pass anything mm -hmm. and a tiny minority can block everything. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, <laughs> so if a bunch of assholes who are a minority get power in the country, basically we're all fucked, right? Yeah. And that is something that Robert Heinlein never considered. Actually, he did. He thought there were going to be the crazy years during which there'd be chaos and destruction and whatnot. But mostly the people who got through the crazy years could hop on a starship and fly away, mm -hmm. which is not an option open to us, or who were very wealthy and could just put a wall up around their estates and keep the world out. But there are lots of dumb ideas that have been around for much, much longer than you would imagine, like white supremacy, which you can mm -hmm. see in action right now. The, the theoretical ideas that were being tossed around by idea people, because I do believe ideas move the world. Ideas actually matter. And these ideas about getting rid of government, government being wrong, government being um, antithetical to human freedom, the government needs to be strangled, it needs to be shrunk down to the size where you can drown it in a, in a, in a bathtub, have been around longer than you and I have been alive. And they, now that we're watching them manifest themselves through a party that actually believes government is wrong, except when they're in charge, mm -hmm. and government should mm -hmm. be crushed at any, any opportunity... You start seeing people like Joe Walsh going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't mean that. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, you did. Because the logical conclusion to your stupid argument is that we should have rule by anarchy. Mm -hmm. That people, just the most guns should run everything. Because that's what you're arguing for. If you're arguing against the democratic process, which is exactly what the Republican Party is against, you're arguing in favor of rule by the, by the brute force of violence. The ballot or the bullet. And now we know which one the Republican Party believes in, oh, down yeah. to their souls. Yep. And I don't understand how anyone's on the fence about shit like this. Anyway, that's my riff well, on because, Robert Heinlein. As I said, they don't remember what they had for breakfast yesterday. Yeah, that's a real shame. And so it's it's sad. Now you wanted to talk about two of the uh, stepchildren of I this. really don't want to talk about them. Um, okay. They, they got poked pretty badly on social media for their outrageous plot. Mm -hmm. And it was a plot to disrupt the... Sure. State of the Union, you know, Marge and Lauren Boebert 
uh, and they're horror mouths. And there's no other way to put it because they shout and scream and talk and everything they say is for fundraising. And that's, mm -hmm. it's all a grift. They don't have any plans. They don't have any legislation they're in favor of. They're simply there to make money and that's it. And that's what prostitutes do. That's what they are. Um, and they have zero consequences for their outrageous behavior, except when they do, and then they run to Fox. And that's what Lauren Boebert did. You knew it was backfiring for Lauren Boebert when uh, she ran to Fox to talk about her passionate feelings. Mm -hmm. that, oh, I was just feeling so passionate about dead soldiers, you know, that I just had to, had to speak out. It was planned. <laughs> she had planned it. Um, and I guess fundraising for Trump supported candidates is down, but with win red, how would you really know? How yeah. would you really know yeah. whether money's coming in or going out and how it's coming to those candidates? Well, that, and that's long, that is longer term, not, not terribly longer yeah. term, but in Texas, man, um, progressives did well and, and Trump bragged about how well he did, but every one of his official endorsements was for an incumbent who was polling at 70%. So what you're he saying is, is now, he's, res he's responsible for all those good results right. in Texas. He, and well, and he doesn't choose he doesn't choose to endorse candidates anymore in primaries unless they're either unopposed or polling at 70% so that he can come out the next day and say, All my candidates won. I'm the greatest. It's you fantastic. Mean, are you being trying to tell me that Donald Trump, the Donald Trump, will just slap his name on something he He'll knows going to win. slap his name on something that's then, already winning. And, and then and declare that, that he's the reason it won? He's the reason it won. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's like yeah. past posting in horse racing, isn't it, Blue Gal? Yeah. Betting on a race that's already over. And, you know, it works. What can I say? Once once you have dumbed down and angered up and and turned into sunburned, snowflake, racist freaks, that mm -hmm. many people who will just automatically respond that – if the Democrats are for it, we're sh we should be against it. We need to be against it. Then mm -hmm. it you don't have to be clever. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be smart. You can just stand in the window waving a bloody rag going, critical race theory, Hunter <laughs> Biden, and they'll just run to the polls. You know, right, So right, uh, any right. argument that involves either pursuing non-existent independence or winning these people back, you have to justify to me step by step why that's a good idea and how you think that's going to work. Because we, like I said, we've tried being nice. We tried being generous. We tried cooperating. We tried not insulting them and their mothers and their fathers who were likely brother and sister. Um, and yet here we end up with Donald Trump, a viable candidate for 2024, people who still swear by him, an entire party that kneels to him even after all he has done. And, and these fucking independents who are like, I'm not sure. I just, I just don't know. I just, you know, oof. One side, a police state run by racist monsters. The other side, slightly higher gas prices for a short period of time. And mm -hmm. I really don't know what I should how, – how can I decide? Help right. me, Sean Hannity. Help me decide. <laughs> hey, Drift Class, let's do a news roundup. Okay, Blue Gal. Uh, president Biden's first official State of the Union marks the first time a female vice president and a female speaker of the House stand behind a U.S. president on the dais. 68% of people who watched last night's speech said Biden's speech made them feel optimistic, while 53% said it made them feel proud. More than half the speech made them feel like the coronavirus pandemic is mostly behind us. 78% of Americans who watched said they approve of Biden's remarks, while 22%, and you know who they are, 
uh-huh. said they disapproved. Well, good for them for watching. <laughs> the 22% who disapproved, <laughs> you know, right side broadcasting aired Donald Trump's 2020 State of the Union address instead of Biden's. You know, reruns. Well, reruns it just makes me think that they're the, the trance. They didn't want to break the trance that, no. you know, Trump's still really president. He's really president. Uh, you know, this whole thing was stolen. You know, you know what it was. Uh In a major release of its findings filed in federal court late Wednesday, the committee for January 6th suggested that its evidence supported findings that Trump himself violated multiple laws by attempting to prevent Congress from certifying his defeat. The select committee has also has a good faith basis for concluding that the president and members of his campaign engaged in a criminal conspiracy to defraud the United States. And that's all of us, folks. Yep. Yep, he's a criminal. Many, Shortly many, many thereafter, over. with the assault on the United States Capitol already underway, Trump tweeted at 2.24 p.m., Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent inaccurate blah, blah, blah. The evidence obtained by the Select Committee indicates that President Trump was aware that the violent crowd had breached security and was assaulting the Capitol when Trump tweeted that out. The evidence will show that the rioters reacted to this tweet, resulting in further violence to the Capitol. Of course it did. Further violence. Of course they did. We watched that happen. Mm -hmm. In addition to the legal effort to delay the certification, there is also evidence that the conspiracy extended to the rioters engaged in acts of violence at the Capitol. In a civil case filed against the president and others by several members of Congress, Judge Mehta in the District of Columbia specifically found that it was plausible to believe that the president entered into a conspiracy with the rioters on January 6th, quote, to disrupt the certification of the Electoral College vote through force, intimidation, or threats. You know, there's a joke floating around uh, on Twitter today. <laughs> you mean the one your wife tweeted? What's the difference between Ukrainians and Republicans? Yeah. Ukrainians defend their capital. Ukrainians defend their capital. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So again, I, I I want to meet the person who's on the fence about which side to vote for or if yeah. they should vote at all. Uh, Senate Republicans, speaking of reasons why you should get off your ass and vote, joined by Joe Manchin, this week voted to block even a debate on a bill that would codify Roe versus Wade and protect it from being gutted by the Supreme Court. 72% of Americans support Roe versus Wade, uh, Roe v. Wade, according to a recent Marquette Law poll. Ron DeSantis bullied Middleton High School. These were not University of Florida students. These were high school students this week. You don't have to wear those masks. Please take them off. Honestly, it's not doing anything. We've got to stop with this COVID theater if you want to wear it, fine, but this is ridiculous. It's what an asshole. Well, it's you know somebody was asking for a, a describe Ron DeSantis in one word, and it was Republican. <laughs> Republican. He's a he's a bullying asshole who punches down at people who can't defend themselves by using his office to try to make people lesser than him. And he usually was number people two, of color. And I mean yeah. that I mean that figuratively as yeah. well as literally. Literally, he was uh, number two at CPAC for yeah. after Trump. People want Ron DeSantis for president. Yes, they do. All those crazies want Ron DeSantis. Uh, Texas has begun investigating parents of transgender children for possible child abuse for providing them with gender-affirming care. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Texas Governor Greg Abbott sees this as a political winner 
That is a 75, 80% winner, says an Abbott campaign strategist in a call with reporters. He also said Democrats are out of touch. Child abuse. Child yeah, abuse is... Not, they're not out of touch with, with high school students in the state of no. Texas, although they can't vote yet. I realize that. But 4 million of them are turning 18 this year nationwide. And these are two stories mm-hmm. where governors decided it would be politically advantageous to beat up children. 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 And if you're a, if you're a member of that party, that must be cool with you or you wouldn't be a fucking member of that party. Mm-hmm. U.S. Congressman Van Taylor, guess which party, has exited his reelection race after ending a five-way primary with 49% of the vote. He made this 11th hour announcement after an affair he had with a formerly married to an ISIS commander woman was exposed. And also he had paid her a bribe to stay quiet. I, I, I know someone else who paid a bribe to someone they were having an affair with. I, I, I can't. I can't think of porn who that might star be. hush money. Something porn star. Like that. Well, oh, here's yeah. the thing. <clears throat> he paid to a porn star. This was an ISIS commander. <laughs> and they're very different. Two they're different very things. Very different. Yeah. Both well, and, Republican. And, and Van Taylor didn't go through an intermediary, which is what all your smarter criminals do. He didn't have someone oh, else yeah. pay and the pay, check and pay it through an LLC. Yeah. Right. And right. then pay them back out of his out of one of his other funds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, announced a new task force to go after. The U.S.-based assets of Russian oligarchs. The task force dubbed Task Force Klepto Capture. Okay, good marketing, guys. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, We'll seize yachts, luxury apartments, and other vestiges of wealth parked in the U.S. by Russian billionaires. Those luxury apartments, do they have the name slapped on them from the former so-called president? A whole bunch of them do. Yeah. 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 Trump's border wall has been breached. Oh, no. Oh, no. More than 3,200 times by smugglers, according to Customs and Border Protection records. Mexican smuggling gangs have breached new segments of the wall 3,272 times over the last three years, which the government has spent $2.6 million to repair during that period. CPB maintenance records show the damage has been more widespread than previously known, duh, pointing to the wall as an ineffective impediment to unauthorized border crossings. There was somebody, hold on a minute, I want to look up my tweet. It's a wall. You can't get over a wall. It's impossible. Can't go under it. It's impossible. It's brilliant. I built four miles of them. You're welcome. Four miles of wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, hold on a minute. And don't forget, Steve Bannon built thousands of people out of millions of dollars promising that he was raising money to build the border wall and was busted for it and was pardoned by Donald Trump. Because, you know, stupid people with money is just 90% of the problems in this world go away if stupid people don't have enough money to cause trouble. I'm just saying. There was a Daily Signal editor named Katrina Trinko who, uh, after the State of the Union, said, Biden talked a good game on border security, but here's the reality. In 2021, U.S. Customs and Border Protection captured 1.5 million illegal immigrants, but under the Trump administration in 2020, they captured 511,000 uh, illegal immigrants on the southern border. Yeah, man. And I retweeted that and said, look, Daily Signal editor admits Biden captured four times as many illegal crossers as Trump. Seems to me the Democrats just plain better at border security. Yeah. Well, and I heard the same thing about <laughs> all the fentanyl has been seized at the border by Joel oh, yeah. Biden. Like, seized? Yeah. Re- really? <laughs> That's you mean great. U.S. Customs agents have seized a shitload They're of illegal drugs job. coming to the country? Oh, my God. How did that ever happen? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of shit that Donald Trump claimed and never worked and so on, just another Mm -hmm. lie by Donald Trump. He claimed there would be no NATO without him, despite the fact that his America First foreign policy often involved pulling back from U.S. allies, undermining NATO, and threatening to withhold military aid from Ukraine. But if they'd given him dirt on Hunter Biden, he would have done it. So that's, that's right. the same as doing it. It's their fault, really. It really is kind of <laughs> Yeah, they made me do this. It made, right. I, you made me hit you. You made yeah, me do exactly. it. Yeah, huh? exactly. It's always the language of the abuser. Absolutely. Always. always. And abusers understand one thing. Force. Power. They understand being yeah. forced not to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. Republicans have to be forced out of office. Because as long as they're in office, they're going to keep behaving like monsters. And we can win the midterms, folks. Yes, we can. We Fifty percent plus 50% one. Fifty percent plus one. Yeah, yeah. The California Freedom Convoy, quote unquote, that was headed to Washington D.C. disbanded after just one day. The convoy was expecting two thousand truckers prior to its departure from Los Angeles on Friday, but it ultimately disbanded and canceled all associated rallies on Saturday after only five rigs arrived in Las Vegas. Ah. Oh, I picture. Five really sad Trumpers with MAGA flags outside of Springfield waiting for the trucks. That's that pretty never, much what it was in D.C. It never showed yeah. up. It never showed up. I was promised a cup of weight and they never showed up. Um, so tell me about local news, Drift Glass. Well, local news, you might know that I hail from Chicago, sort of. Spent a number of years there and followed Chicago politics pretty closely. And you'll be delighted to know that former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan, who for decades was the most powerful politician in the state, was indicted Wednesday on federal racketeering charges alleging his elected office and political operation were a criminal enterprise that provided personal financial rewards for him and his associates. You kind of knew that was coming the second time the FBI raided his office. (laughs) Um, Like, oh, there's some shit they didn't get the first time. This 22-count indictment returned by a federal grand jury. Yeah comes after a years-long federal investigation that alleges Madigan participated in an array of bribery and extortion schemes from 2011 to 2019 aimed at using the power of his office for personal gain. I we hope- had a listener from England tweet at me today about, mm-hmm. will this affect Pritzker at all? Oh, God, no. no. I said, no way. No. 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 Pritzker came in through a completely different entrance. Ave- avenue of power. Exactly. Yeah, no. And he's only been governor for three and a half years. So right. this was going on with Madigan for decades. Oh, Madigan is a, is a relic of the old, yeah. the old daily machine almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, an old, one of the last of the machine politicians from that era who just hung on to power and hung on to power. And honestly, first of all, I hope he gets the Blagojevich, uh, Blagojevich cell at the federal pen. <laughs> it's a federal pen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> formerly known as the George Ryan cell, formerly known as the Otto Kerner cell. It's the memorial high-ranking government official, the the mm-hmm. Mel Reynolds cell. Mm-hmm. We send a lot of politicians to prison in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Nothing I'm proud of, but something that, you know, you just sort of learn to shrug and smile about. Um, but I'm thrilled that he's going to prison because every goddamn election in Illinois, whoever was running for whatever office was Mike Madigan's pal. Yeah, the Mike Madigan machine. He's part of the Mike Madigan machine. Some and guy running. Was, yeah. Some woman running for like a, a, I don't know, water reclamation district yeah, or mosquito abatement. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Marley thinks that you don't know that she's Mike Madigan's pal. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. Mike Madigan Never and Marley 
No, I, I'm running for mosquito abatement. We, we're yeah. in charge of spraying puddles to make sure mosquitoes. That's what you say, but you're Mike Madigan's crony, and we have yeah. proof that. Yeah, and they have right, a picture right. of her at a at a Democratic rally, you know, 15 right. years ago in the background. But that was the only political attack ad right. run in oh, Illinois, yeah. practically for, uh, for years. For yeah. years. Yeah. And I'm glad he's going. Now that it's gonna, there'll be still some echoes. It'll still go on. But Pritzker's in no trouble at all. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Apollo. And you could tell Apollo is a Turkish van like what? our own Bosco. What? Uh, not just from the coloring. He's white with black spots. But also because in this picture, Apollo is lying down in the bathroom sink under the faucet. Oh, yes. Now, the faucet's not on, but he's not afraid of the faucet going on because mm-hmm. he loves water. You know he does. Yes. Bosco goes in the shower. Like w- when a when a female person is taking a shower. He doesn't care about guys. But if a female is taking a shower in our house, he will go in the shower with them to protect them from the water. <laughs> I, I have a question about yeah. Apollo. Uh, yeah. Does Apollo go in the shower, get his little feet wet, and then walk through the litter and then jump up and on the bed and go, And then jump up on the bed? Hi! Hi! <laughs> oh, God. Now it's we a- get that. We, we see. And then sometimes Bosco will walk in the shower, go get in the litter, then come back to the shower and leave paw prints in mm-hmm. the shower for you. Oh, so look. You can, no. <laughs> it's a sandy beach now. Isn't because, that charming? Yeah, the bottom of the shower. It's a walk-in shower, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. It's easy for him to get into. And, oh, he just. Yeah, we love it. These him, Turkish vans, are just, they just like putting their feet in water. They do. So, yes, they do. And Apollo, who is a lovely kitty, eats freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor, whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store direct, your cats will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Apollo at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, prolevpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions. Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag, get rid of DeJoy. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, and we love doing this podcast. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution, and you can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. Our PayPal postal address information, it's all there at proleftpod.com. Please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, send us $5. <laughs> we would appreciate you doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties are giving up nasty, stale, dry cat food for Lent. You know it. I know it. Freshly poured. Freshly poured. Oh, my Lord. It's freshly poured. Fake product placement. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2022, DGBG Productions Incorporated.